So how do you how do you um, charge for these jobs? Yeah, how do you charge? <laughs> oh, are you asking me? <laughs> yeah. Oh. My idea is that it depends if I used to be a plumber or I have cert certifications or licenses. I might um, charge as much as other vendors do, or professional, um, you know, plumbers or electrician does. Uh, but if it's something that you know, I know I'm, I'm good at this. It's, um, I would charge a little bit lower than the other vendors. Um, What's the theory behind that? Because, you know, like, it's kind of like, um, like, uh, like a... Getting your a, foot like, in the door? Like, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's also courtesy. Oh, courtesy. Yeah. But what kind of courtesy do you owe a... A strange company out there that's that needs company. I mean, resident. I'm. Oh, you're talking. Uh, you're talking not in general terms. You talk about in the building. Yeah, yeah, building. Oh, okay. If Courtesy I'm to the to the to resident the bu building, or right. the building. Yeah, I mean, I see this guy every morning and say hi. Gotcha, gotcha. And then I want to give give that person good price, discounted price, and. You know, because because he's not a stranger, he or she, the is the customer is not a stranger. I, I mean, I feel a little bit more comfortable working with them, and I trust them. They can trust me, um, and so. So I, there's an ease of doing business with them. Yeah. Right. So that's 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 uh, I think that's also a reason why I would give them a little bit a little cheap, bit discount. Yeah, okay. cheaper price. So I think when you when you say cheaper price, though, I think a lot of people are asking, well, what what is that price? How can I charge it? So you were saying a little different than an outside vendor. So maybe a good way for them to know what that price is, is maybe go online to like Angie's List or HomeWise.com. Handy.com. Handy.com and see what is out there. And in fact, you know, your your savvy customer young customer now most likely will compare your price to things on the internet right. so you should check you should constantly be checking that those prices and seeing whether your prices is, is is um reasonable reasonable um and then you what you were saying was that once you know that price of what's reasonable um the theory behind super pricing is that it should be slightly cheaper than outside labor i don't you know we'll talk about what that slightly cheaper means but what go the reason for that um lower lower price is because um you there's a lower cost of uh doing business when you know your customer you know their preferences already you've been with them um there's a familiarity and trust that's already uh embedded built and built mm -hmm. up um and you're already at the building regularly yeah right so you're already there, and um, you, a lot of buildings can keep your tools there too, right? Mm -hmm. The heavy tools like snaking, um, electrical augers, things that you can't really uh, carry, or it's hard to carry from place to place. You can keep it there, and uh, it come. It, it's right there when you need it. Uh, you're also uh, the first stop, the one-stop shop. You're the yeah. you're the person that everyone comes to um, for all their problems. And also because you're at the building, if 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 something goes, there's a sense of guarantee, right? right? When you're at the building, that you can't just run away. Yeah. You're not a fly by night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything that happens, you're you're there. Yeah. So there's a benefit to the building, but there's also a benefit to you because if there is something um, that has gone wrong from what you did, you're there to fix it. You can actually fix. You you'll be mm -hmm. there on uh, two days later, and you can actually just address it then. So. Right. Um, and, and you want to compare like an outside vendor you want to compare 
the 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 difficulty that they have to face you know they have to have usually have insurances and licenses in place you have to have you know you're you're going over bridges and you're getting traffic tickets and you're paying gas and you're carrying these you know you're carrying these uh equipments with with you with they're carrying equipments with them and these outside vendors also have usually another guy to wait in the car while they're inside so the, the cost is higher so you have to as a part-time super you have to be prepared to give them a discount yeah. or to work at a discount um so what what should that discount be or what should that price be um and once again with these jobs it also comes down to what your expenses are what your costs are um, what's the matter with you know just giving the the average price like um for example a sandwich like four four five dollars um and you know i if if i charge about that amount i i feel like i can get some money earn some money what's wrong with that yeah no i think that's fine i but i think these tips help you keep that money in your pocket versus losing that money because um I think in the course of the work, we're so excited sometimes to please the customer and to perform, you know, our best that um, even when we charge the five dollars for uh, uh, a sandwich, um, we may end up losing more behind the scenes because we haven't accounted for for certain things. And so um, I think that the reason why I think this is important is because you want to charge for the five dollars and there's the profit that's in there you want to keep as much of it as possible you don't want to lose that for um for not thinking of certain things that that go into that so number one is when you're doing your work uh, consider the prepping time as part of that calculation so make sure that you're putting in um the work that's involved and the materials that are involved and in helping to get the area that you're working in uh, safely covered and protected so that there's no further damages. So a lot of uh, part-time supers um, end up, for instance, taking on uh, uh, painting work and they, you know, part of painting is protecting the areas, is taking things off the wall, pushing uh, belongings away from, the, away from the walls and covering them, um, taping up uh, with blue tape, masking tape, um, areas that shouldn't be painted. Um, and what ends up happening is that I, I frequently see part-time supers uh, who are excited to get these jobs, they don't consider that in their price. So they, they uh, charge simply for the work, for the labor that they do uh, when they're tech, like literally painting that, that room. Uh, uh, they price according to the time that they think it takes just to paint it versus setting up and prepping the room, which can take uh, a significant amount of time, and also the cost of materials. And so when you, when you make that price, um, you, you want to consider um, all of that time uh, to be included as worth something that you should get back okay. versus something that you throw out. Okay, so you have to consider all these things when it comes to additional work pricing yeah so if you're doing um if you if you're taking on a let's say a job of replacing a faucet and they want a certain faucet and so you know where that faucet is sold it's sold at new york plumbing supply um, uptown so the cost of going to get that should be part of your your calculation of how much you charge for that job um, you should also consider your tools and special equipments that you have. You know, certain if you're if you have this electrical auger in the building and that's yours, if it breaks, you know, the cost of repairing that can be can be high. So, um, if you're going to be snaking, if you're going to be performing things like, um, you know, snaking a drain line, you should consider the cost of your equipment that goes into that into that charge. Also, when you're 
you're doing this additional work, a lot of times the, the owner will ask, the building will ask you to do something that's a little risky. They may ask you to do something that's risky, getting on a high ladder, going up to the roof, um, doing things that are a bit safe, you know, um, unsafe. And look, it's up to you to do it. You're, 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 you should be, you know, a, a person, a professional means that you know what you can and cannot do. Um, but when you do that, um, and there's certain protections that you have to take, or when there's two people that are needed, for instance, if you're going up on a high ladder to replace a light bulb, um, then you should charge according, accordingly. I, I always say um, there's a premium attached to work that's, that's dangerous to you because at the end of the day, when at the end of the work, um, if you, someone gets hurt while doing it, um, that cost is on you, not, not necessarily the building. Um, it depends upon how, how the agreement is contracted, but um, you, you're going to be, I mean, there's a chance that you're going to be bearing the, the, the brunt of that, of that cost. Um, and when those things happen, it just wipes out your profit. Yeah, I think I see, I've seen a lot of cases where just one guy is in, in, on the ladder. It's just so dangerous in the city, Any, I mean, anywhere. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen, uh, you so know. So many people do that. Right, and and I'm not. I, I uh, years ago I, I saw someone cutting a uh, a metal a boiler chimney down from the roof of a building in Queens, and I asked him how much he was charging, and I think it was like 125 or something, and he yeah. was literally dangling off a three-story roof to try to cut this um, cut this thing, and he had to hoist instead of letting it fall, he had to hoist that that chimney uh, cap off uh up the roofs the sloped roof to the other side and i just thought that was that was insane uh to to take on a job and then of course um you know charging if you are comfortable with that and you're certain that you're not going to kill yourself and you you're a seasoned expert i think 125 is too low yeah and just I, I don't know, maybe, you know, there could be cases where, you know, the other guy just <clears throat> bailed out at the last minute and he has to get the job done. But safety is always first. Well, what would you say to the uh, building who uh, says to you, well, we don't want to give more than 125? And you can explain them why, why 125 is so low. And it may be the case that, you know, landlord just just don't know the, um, how dangerous the work is. It, it just could be ignorance. So explain to them, you know, like first, like don't be offended that they are giving the, these prices. 125, like that's, that's crazy. That's so cheap. Well, if you think, think so, just tell them why this kind of work needs um, a little bit more, I need another person, I need this equipment to, to, um, to have a safe environment of working because, you know, it's dangerous work. And if I think a lot of landlords or management, they would know if, uh, if you start talking about liabilities, they will take you seriously. Yeah, that's a good point. If you end up saying, can you sign a a paper that says any injury that happens to me that you'll take care of me fully and uh, for the rest of uh, the duration of the injury, then they're going to be like, all right, you know what, let me just pay a little bit more and just get you uh, get this, uh, this risk off my back. So it's all about risk assessment. So you're saying let them know what the risks are. Yeah. And like if they keep on saying, I still think, you know, you, that's, you know, this is the only price that I can get, then, you know, just give it to the other guy. I'm sorry. He, he, I mean, he can... He or she can risk their lives, but I'm not going to do it. Right. Yeah, if it's so dangerous, so be smart about it. Don't, you know, this is also professionalism. You have to be very professional what you're doing. Like, you know, just, just one second where accidents happen. Right. And, and but the, I think the issue right now is that many part-time supers who are, who are maybe just getting started in this industry or they're not as you know aware of how to talk 
about these risks to the landlord usually don't have a choice. They don't feel they feel like they don't have a choice to speak up and you know they they all of the things that we talked about before where they feel uncomfortable, they they feel like feel scared, bad. yeah, that you're bad, you know, all those feelings come up. So a lot of these a lot of times we see um super, part-time supers say yes a lot to the things that they should should step back and say <clears throat> maybe you know it should be done a different way. So I don't know, it could be, you know, what I'm talking about could be ideal, but when it comes to safety, just you know, you're the only one who can protect yourself. Yeah. No one's going to protect yourself other than you. Yeah, a part-time super as you said was is a freelancer in a way, right? And he's uh he has the responsibility to speak up and to and to protect himself and his interest is really on the he doesn't have a, a have a union behind him. He doesn't have, you know, another advocate usually out there. Um, so it's up to him to yeah. make that s smart decision. So hopefully you, your message will resonate among part-time supers who do. Um, and we're not talking about just getting on the ladder. We're talking about maybe using harsh chemicals, maybe yeah. cleaning toxic things like sewage back up, right? Because now you're 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 knee deep in bacteria infested yeah, <coughs> waters, right? And breathing in or, or ingesting that, that's dangerous as well. Or yeah. dealing with electric, you know, f um, uh, electricity, sometimes a high voltage electricity. So you just want to be careful. And you also want to consider any risks that are involved in doing that job. You like, for instance, you, uh, there was a job where a lot of plastic work needed to be done and the owner of that unit, the shareholder asked the part-time super to move this expensive uh, sculpture. And um, he was about to do it when I advised him not to and advised him to ask uh, the, the shareholder to take care of that, to move that. Um, to hire someone to do it by herself because if he broke that that would have been um, a very expensive mistake or to make a strong waiver you know you, if, if it's something that um, really has to be done you just make sure that you uh, get them uh, agreeing that if you touch it and break it then it's not your responsibility um, and know when to charge uh, for things that are riskier that are um, riskier like if you're on a ladder a high ladder um, or you have to you're on a scaffold you know those things really should be charged higher because look if you fall and you need two people and you hurt yourself yeah and it, then unfortunately you have to pay for your your hospital costs and um and my friends hospital and, your, costs. and your friend's hospital <laughs> costs but when also remember to cover for jobs um sufficiently when two people are needed anytime a second person involved as a helper um, that should be, that should be additional charge. <coughs> um, we'll it, talk about how to, how to speak to the board, how to write emails properly, how to um, answer phone calls um, in another episode. I think that's right. really important part of being a super as well. Communication, also right. customer service, and the level of those communication skills make you more professional super right or even the ability to uh just point that out yeah just deliver your message just deliver the message it doesn't have to be done smoothly or you know you can you can even if you aren't able to speak very well just bringing it to their attention shows that you're a thoughtful professional right and yeah we'll talk about the this yeah. in more depth and so think about the liabilities that's all that all should be considered and included in the price. Yes. And maybe the third one? Uh, don't do the work until you get an agreement or approval to move ahead. I think I've seen this from the very best out there. From the very best part-time supers have been guilty of this, and I think they know who they are. Where, And I'm talking about people who have taken on um, repair jobs and even construction jobs or innovation jobs where... They're, you know, licensed to the hilt. They got the insurance, and they have the skills. 
They have the customer agreeing to happy with their services, and then all of a sudden they get uh, they start to do work that's not approved, and guess what happens at the end? <laughs> I never approved it. Right, never approved it. Why did you do the Why work? Why did you do it? If you would have told me the price, I wouldn't have done that. If you would have told me that it was going to cost that much, I would have done that. Oh, man, that's one of the worst. Especially, it's like it's kind of like I always think it's such an odd odd uh, scenario of paying uh, your bill after you've eaten at a restaurant because <laughs> after like, you eat, there's so many people that look at the bill and go, oh, I don't, I don't why, you know, they, they get upset, but um, I know, I know I don't, but there's, um, you know, there, there's something smart about McDonald's where you pay first and then you eat because you end up, you know, really oh uh, yeah they know they're right. gonna run away <laughs> with that food especially with that food right they're gonna run yeah. away so we just want to be um it's the same thing with uh this type of work you want to be clear you you want to what are the reasons why people keep on going they feel guilty they don't want to stop it may take time so they there there's uh they say oh you, my guy's here already and I, you know, my, my team is here ready to do the plaster. I don't want to have to wait a whole day for an approval. Then I have to pay for them to come back. Um, yeah. It may be uh, a sense of, you know, being scared. I, I, oh, my God, I have another change order on top of, you know, all of the things that's going on. And Yeah, especially in emergency or, like, urgent situations. Right. Um, I think supers, they just, just, just tell the super to do it. It's just, oh, can you do this? And then, you know, at that moment, you, you, you know, it's it's kind of awkward for you to say, oh, you know what, this is kind of additional. Oh, that's, a, that's great, yeah. Yeah, and like pe people are kind of pushing you. Oh, this is like really dangerous. Oh, I'm smelling gas or something. And like, oh, I didn't know we had to pay extra for this service. For me, the, the, I guess the freshest experience is that construction job, so that's in my head because I think there was a lot of money uh, that was that was lost because um, that person, the part-time super, the super didn't stop and let the uh, the customer know that he was going to be doing this extra work and charging for that. But you bring it back down to the part the, the part-time super in a building service scenario where a building manager or board member may um, ask him to do work and then the part-time supers sometimes I think it becomes ambiguous and unclear whether they're going to be paying for that extra work yeah it's like, and oh, so this has to be on the go 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 right, do so, it's like oh, okay right so they run and do that and then later he's like where's my money and he's they're like hmm? you don't have money coming to you and then that's where a disconnect occurs. And, and I think um, yeah, that's one. Also um, in rental buildings, um, those residents just, you know, sometimes run away. Seriously, they get a bill and they just move out. You never get paid. Oh, that's, well, you know, I, I, I kind of feel that, uh, do, that's, okay. I can understand that because part, uh, in a rental building, Originally, traditionally, the landlord pays for stuff that happens in the building, right? Inside the apartment, as well as in the common area. So the landlord has a larger responsibility to take care of repairs inside the building, inside when, the apartment. When it comes to subtenants, when, when you it, say. When they come, right? So subtenants are really renters, right. and they come in and they, with the expectation that uh, certain things should be covered by the building without realizing that it should be covered by their landlord, who's the, the, the shareholder. So in that case, what do you do? If you know that if a subtenant or renter is coming to this, the, the part-time super and, and says, hey, I, I have a, a broken you know, toilet or broken faucet, a leaky faucet, what would be the, the right chain of command, right way to approach that? I think um, ask your manager or ask your um, shareholder yeah, yeah. Ask your shareholder because they're they're the one that you have a direct contract relationship with. Contractual relationship called a lease is between the renter and the and the shareholder, and the building manager, of course, is is part of that orbit as well. But 
you should ask them and get that approval. Right. So then you have to know if your building is a co-op or a rental building. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's what, a different. Uh, yeah. What the differences are. So like, know your building and just you know you. Well, you have to know your building. Know know the chain how the chain of command works in those right. buildings. You have to know who's the renter, who's not, who's the shareholder. Yeah. There's a lot of additional. Um, information that you have to hold in your head. Yeah, and like if you feel awkward just talking about it, ask the manager. I think manager, um, he, he or she is there to to help the the shareholders with this. Right. So if if you don't feel comfortable just saying, oh, this is how much, blah blah blah, then just tell the manager. Manager can be a little more objective. Right. Um, what makes me uh, probably most frustrated when uh, something like this happens because of miscommunication, you know, something simply as who's going to pay for this and getting that approval or that information is that if you bought material, that's money out of your pocket. Now we're not talking about the hours that you spent on there. It may be money that you spent to get that job done, you know, whether it's in a, in a renovation job, whether it's a whole bunch of molding that you've purchased um, without um, letting the the customer know, um, and you know that that I think that's the, that's the worst because that's actually money out of your pocket. That's that's a loss that um, makes makes that a disaster of a transaction. So I, I would say um, get that approval. Uh, generally, unless you know like clearly um, whose responsibility is get that uh, agreement or approval in place before you go ahead right. and uh, do that work. Um, the next one is consider when to buy bulk quantities and when not to. The reason why I put this in there is because there's, there's some part-time supers out there who um, end up either uh, buying things per piece when they should be buying things in bulk and then there's, uh, on the flip side of that, there are part-time supers who buy things in bulk when they should buy things in smaller quantities. And um, that makes a huge difference because if you're buying things in bulk when you should be buying um, per piece or in smaller amounts, you're carrying this extra inventory with you. And I knew part-time supers who used to say, hey, um, I don't mind, um, you know, uh, um, buying, you know, uh, having these extra extra things lying around because in case I need it, it's always there and it's kind of like having money at the bank. What do you think about that? Um. So he's like, I have all this money, I have all these materials and, you know, it was actually um, also, he was saying that about stuff that he bought from Home Depot, but he didn't return. So he didn't, uh, he didn't yeah. return it, he was keeping it there. And to him, that was money in the bank because he could always access that. Well, the thing is, um, <clears throat> depends. I think it would depend on the material. I, there are some metal, a, a lot of them are metals. And if you just keep it outside, it, it, it could rust, it could go bad. What if like, if it's a material that you, you don't you maybe repair once a year and then you bought like 50 of them because they were on sale I'm like are you gonna wait you're gonna have to wait like 50 years to use up all the, right. all the materials right. like, that's a good way to put it I always say like six months if it's if it if you if you're not gonna use it in six months it may be too long too I mean that six months might be too long but if you can't use it in six months and you know that it's gonna be sitting in your garage or your your workshop, then just just don't buy it. Yeah, it's that could be a waste of money. Right, because the bank actually, I know the bank's a terrible place to get interest, but at least it gives you a dollar a year. Um, your materials probably won't. I mean, I think they buy it. People buy it because they don't want to part-time supers part-time supers purchases because they don't want to go to the store to buy it again. Number one, mm. maybe it's hard to get to, hard right. place to get to. Maybe, um, and sometimes it is an investment. There was a time where copper was climbing up in price. So buying copper um, and having a whole bunch in your basement um, 
and then uh, using it versus having to buy it later where it shot up, uh, you know, a it, it increase in price. Um, that might have been a good investment. But I think in general, um, part-time supers shouldn't do this because um, that money is better, uh, that money can be better used in different ways versus storing it in, uh, in materials. I mean, if you know the materials really well and you're sure that you're going to use it, use it up, um, I would say like a year, let's say a year to, to be um, more generous. Then, yeah, if you're capable of having this inventory, you're never going to forget what you have in your inventory and you're, you're really sure you're really good at this, then, then yeah, you can go ahead and buy bulk. But just don't imagine that miraculously you'll be needing this, right. needing this quantity. These like a lot of this particular item in like limited edition because it's on sale. I'm sure I'm going to use it, use like 50 of these. I'm sure I'm going to need it someday. Usually that's not the case. Yeah, I have to say I'm guilty of that too. I, I buy air valves, a lot of air valves, but I use it, I do it because um, I buy it online. I buy it at a, at a discount, but you have to buy bulk. So air valves do are needed throughout the winter time, especially if you have uh, a special, especially cold winters. So I do stock on um, because there's different, um, you know, there's different, um, what do you call it? There's different types of air valve, different uh, levels of the building. Um, number four, number five, um, I usually buy um, a handful of each and they're expensive. They're expensive to hold as an inventory. If you lose a your box, you could lose hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but um, they do, they, it's so convenient to have if all of a sudden a, ra uh, a radiator air valve uh, goes bad and there's a leak or you know something happens, you, to be able to pull one out right away is a huge, I don't know, a huge benefit. Yeah, but it's, it it's all depends on your situation too. Like, okay, this, like, this item is on sale, so I want to buy it, but I have to pay you know, a lot of money because I have to buy in high quantity, right? Right. So I use my credit card. And then... Um, That's a good point. Yeah, the interest, up. I get interest from my <laughs> yeah. credit card. You're actually losing money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there could be sales, like, after a year, you, there could be other sales. So. If there's a choice, maybe buy a few of them, but like just if a price is on sale, it doesn't automatically mean that you're you're saving money. You're actually just spending it buying <coughs> buying the material first of all, and then you so, ha have so to wait until um a long time to use up all those materials that but you use the money on credit card and the interest um, you were charged interest for for months because <coughs> it yeah, took time right, like, right? <coughs> to pay for that to pay for that then all that interest adds up I mean credit card interests are pretty yeah, pretty hefty. Yeah. yeah so you're you actually didn't buy the item that's on sale. Right. You may have bought the item actually with extra cost. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean that credit card, especially because we all use a credit card now, yeah. That's a that's a really tremendous expense. And that <clears throat> that skews that the 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 cost, any kind of interest that you pay for really distorts the amount of how you should calculate your 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 work when you consider materials bought on. Yeah, and cards. that's that's the only case um, assuming that um, in in the cash basis. But imagine that you put that you know you didn't 
pay extra money, extra extra money <laughs> for that um, um, materials, but instead you put it into your retirement um, account or some stocks. You know, stocks are huge these days. You may have lost a lot of money. Well, maybe that's something that that's a great point, and I think that is, uh, you know, we know that I know that you you dabble in in stocks and and those things, and it would be great to um, help uh, part-time supers find better ways to use their use their extra extra money yeah. versus putting it into materials because that is wrong. It's not the bank. It's not your savings account materials. Mm-hmm. That's a. It could be a loss, a continuing loss. If you yeah, don't it could use be it. huge loss. And you could lose that. The, you could lose the materials. You could mismanage that. You could. Someone could steal that. It could burn down in the fire. So it's not money in the bank, because money in the bank is protected. And in the stock market, I think it's better in the stock market than um, than than out there in the basement. But just a, do you think that maybe there's a, a little room for emergency materials? Maybe um, if it's something that you need to have on hand or you should have on hand in case of an emergency where you can't go out at one in the morning and I think the only 24-hour hardware store is on the east side uh, New York I don't know if it's still open but um, a lot of times you're stuck without materials at these late night emergencies maybe let's say a leak or something like that do you think that or radiator problem do you think that there's some room in bulk quantities for uh, part-time supers who are in the business of handling emergencies, um, having those materials on hand, whether that could work out cost-wise. Yeah, so be smart about it. You know, it's all case by case. In that case, yeah, I think you should have an emer- emergency kit. Mm-hmm. Um, ho- hopefully per building. If something happens, you, know, you just know uh, where to go, you go to the basement, you have this kit of tools uh, set up for supplies. you. Yeah, oh. Supplies. Yes, supplies set up for you. Yeah, so you you would need basic emergency materials and tools for that. And for that purpose, you buy a quantity, but not that much, you know. Like, I'm sure, like, if usually you need one material per emergency incident uh, or emergency repair, maybe you know, like five. Okay, but five not to, not twenty-five or not fifty. Not twenty-five okay. or not fifty. So you're saying even then, even when you're talking about emergency materials that you should have on hand, you're saying be be wise with the yeah, amount. Yeah, be of- wise about it. I mean, if you really feel comfortable having like 50, 50 um, air valves. Yeah, air valves. Um, talk to the building. I think maybe they can buy it. Instead. Maybe they can buy it for you. That's a good point too. It's yeah. all about putting that responsibility on somebody, somebody else. Yeah. Give, and also, the building gets the benefit of having these materials. Exactly. If uh, also it's better for you in case anything happens to those valves let's say they get flooded and it's not your it's the buildings you know that that's the building's material if if air valves get swamped uh, or flooded and you can't use those air valves anymore let's say um, that's your loss yeah that's just garbage that's more garbage recycling to do more, <laughs> and more like work, so more even, work for me. Even, yeah less work that's true so, yeah so okay. like yeah be smart about it and buying in bulk just you know it could be a lot of it could it's a potential of a lot of loss so be smart about it just ask your friend do i really need it do i really need it well a lot and, of it, that's a hard yeah that's a hard thing i think we should reevaluate what need means i mean because a lot of us have, have say we need something and we really don't need it but um, so you so materials are a very big part of what we talked about where I, I you know, to, to be um, informed that I'm losing money on materials because of credit card bills is, is a, you know, it's a surprise. I, I'm losing money on those air valves, right? Yeah. So let's, let's talk about um, 
you think a getting a retainer up front from uh, um, a customer is a good way to kind of take care of those uh, material problems? Yeah, I think so, especially when you have to provide the materials. Um, if I'm doing, if I'm doing the work, um, you know, labor, uh, I, I think I, I would be okay with um, not getting retainer for my labor uh, because if I don't work, you know, that's it. Uh, but materials, I have, I have to pay for it. Again, credit card interest. Um, if I don't have cash, I mean, I would, I would not want to use cash on my own cash for someone else's materials. So, yeah, I think it's a good way to get a retainer if, if you're providing the materials. Okay, that's a good point. And, and can you, do you have, uh, maybe, maybe not in this topic, but maybe we can talk about how to ask for that retainer? Yeah, if you have clear reasons, and I, I'm sure, yeah, I've met a lot of customers who are more than willing to pay for it. And wouldn't an outside vendor ask for the same thing most of the time? Mm, yeah. Right. If you're doing a project, especially. Right. They ask for, I mean, they ask for like quarter of the labor and then, right. and then like after, you know, a and then another percentage. Yeah, another percentage of the materials. I mean, they know that, you know, they they have to pay the um, their their guys right right um, like every day yeah so that I think that's a good way to um, you know we're talking about materials we're talking about how to how to hedge against the um, the costs of these materials and also alternatively you could ask the customer to buy it by themselves right yeah yeah if you and want that, to save money like like do it too have them buy it have yeah. them have it delivered so that. The, 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 it's set up and waiting for you when you get there. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, don't feel bad about this. Um, if you ask someone, you know, like outside the street, a stranger, to do uh, grocery shopping for you, I mean, at least you give them some money. Uh, like, can you buy like <laughs> right, right. some milk and eggs? I'll give you ten dollars, right? Right. Like, no one will do it. It's so weird to buy something out of your pocket and right. provide it to someone. It's just really, really weird thing. Right. So, it totally makes sense for you to get a retainer on that. Right. Right. And you know these uh, there are retainer, services. Retainer is really just money up front that you're yeah. asking for. You're saying. I'm starting this job. Can you give me half up front or a third up front or something? Yeah, you can definitely ask for that. Like even, um, you know, these delivery services, uh, Instacart, and you know, you if even if it's just delivering something, I mean, you you got to pay for that first. Right. It's true. Yeah, and it's okay. It's just. Just do it. Okay, so so that's a great way for them to keep the cost down while looking at the profits, which is great. Um, and would you also charge maybe a cancellation fee? Now that I'm just curious that we're talking about um, trying to keep your profits, right? And we talk about maybe a customer that sets everything up. You buy out, you go out and buy everything. And you're ready to go, and all of a sudden, at the last minute, they're like, uh, "Well, no, I'm not ready today. I have this." Or they say, "Oh, I changed my mind. I, I don't wanna." Uh, oh, I found a cheaper vendor. That's the worst. Oh, <laughs> you found a cheaper vendor. <laughs> yeah, well, like two. Well, that's the, bought right. all this for you. Well, that's the reason why you should charge a retainer, right? Because yeah. that certain part of that should be non-refundable because you're doing the preparation, you're doing the work. Yeah, sometimes to they say, for that job. "Yeah, oh, if you bought the materials, can I only pay for the materials? I'm gonna ask someone else to do the job for me." <laughs> Look, yeah, I think we've there, there's so many ways that there's so many so many. That's one of the great things about working with all these different customers is because right. you hear them all. And uh, oh, yeah, look at, at the end of the day, you're you, as a part-time super. You're you're 
you know, as, as you're not an outside vendor, right? You're closer mm -hmm. than that. And so a lot of this, uh, you, a part-time super should be flexible to yeah. allow certain things to happen because they're at the building, because they're, they're closer to the people there and because there's a personal relationship. There are still going to be people out there that says uh, that you're close to that will go with somebody else Maybe, um, you know, uh, not, not do things that you think are good for a relationship, but that's how it is. I mean, it is what it is when it comes to dealing with people and dealing with being able to deal with all those people, all those personality types differentiates you from the next part-time super who may be able to do it for cheaper that we talked about that when in the race to the bottom, it's your professionalism, professionalism that becomes improved when you, the more types of personality you meet. So, you know, when, if someone says I cancel at the last minute, that's, you know, if you can let it go, let it go. Yeah, uh, like unless like I had to buy something or there's like, <laughs> you know, delivery fee, extra delivery fee to like match but the then, time. But then maybe you should have gotten a retainer. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna go, if you're gonna spend. But like, there are some cases like, you know what? The retainer's a little. I just get little, and then um, I'll I'll charge the the rest at the end of the end of the works, and then like they cancel in the middle. And right. <sighs> yeah, cancellation fee. Usually, I wouldn't charge. But there's some. Some cases where um, it it would make sense to charge is when, for example, it's a su supervision of vendors. All oh, plumbers coming at eight um, or like let's say seven seven a.m. Be there. So I go there. Wait for the vendor. Oh, he never shows up. They never show up. So. In this case, well, who should eat the cost of that? Exactly, it's it's a little uncomfortable. Let's say if it is an additional charge. Let, yeah. If, if you are a part time, if you are part time super in the building that only hires you for part time super work, and they ask you to come out earlier or make a special visit yeah, for a vendor, separate. he doesn't show up. Then, right, you're saying who eats the cost of that? Right? Yeah. Of your labor, of having hauled your butt out of bed. Let's say four in the morning. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that so, like seven is early, but not too early. Yeah, I mean, four a.m. is like, yeah, maybe, maybe once. And, and I'm really good um, friends with the manager or the owner. Not yeah. friends, but not yeah, friends, I mean, not friends, if, if but you, you know, if like, you help each other out. Yeah. Right. In that case, you no, know, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's just one time, but. Um, yeah, if I don't have really deep relationship with the building or I just really want to get, you know, be professional when it comes to work. And you're there early on time. Yeah. And because there are some cases where I, you know, I have to cancel something to, to come. I could have made right. extra money from other jobs. They call it but lot, yeah. Yeah, but I'm asked to, to come here, do the work, um, and wait for the vendor. So I chose that, even if I could have made like a few extra bucks on the other job. So that case, I would charge, if I waited like an hour, maybe I would charge for like 30 minutes. Well, I think, I think, I think it all, uh, maybe it goes back to what you mentioned before. It, the, you should just make sure um, that you communicate uh, what what the terms will be if he doesn't show up, if the vendor doesn't show up. And then yeah. you can do whatever you want. Like yeah. if you tell him, look, I'm dropping a lot of things to be there for in the morning, um, you know, I, I'll be charging, uh, I, I would like to charge for my time. And this, this charge holds whether or not the vendor shows up, then I think that's, that's clear to the manager what your intentions are if he if he doesn't show up but if he just show up and he doesn't sh the vendor doesn't show that manager could be like hey 
he didn't show up. There was nothing to supervise. Exactly. So There's you nothing have to, to give access to. Yeah, you have to be super clear about that. And also how long you're going to wait. Yeah, that's true too. Because, <laughs> you know, when he's going to be there at 4 a.m., but he shows up at 9 a.m. Yeah, like... Yeah, that's, that really makes me frustrated as well. And, and it, it shows... It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Yeah. And often it, there, there's... I have to say, often there's a good reason behind it, but of still. And things happen, of yeah. course. It shouldn't be on the person on the lowest part of the totem pole, mm. a part-time super, to eat the cost of that. Yeah. Right? If I was a building manager, what I would do is, look, you have to be there for because we have people that are committed to that. If you don't show up and if we charge for that, then you guys have to pay that cost. And you put the vendor on, on the hook for that. I mean, I see nothing wrong with that, especially vendors, if they're professional, they, should, they shouldn't leave it on, on a, a part-time super to eat the cost of their lateness. Think about the materials, think about getting the materials, think about the, the equipment that you're, you're going to be using, tool rentals, right. that's all part of, part of whatever repairs that you, you'll be doing, right? Right. When you make your pricing, you can compare it against online pricing. But you can give them a little discount because it's easier for you to access the building. You know what's, what's in there. And you can also keep your equipment if, if you have to. You don't, you don't need other expenses um, like, uh, like the parking or the tolls. So there's a little more room for you to give some sort of discount. And it's actually, it's nice of you to give a, some sort of discount. Right. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Once again, an engaging conversation. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you for your time. Okay. Bye.